Welcome back to Round Guy Radio, and I'm on the phone with Scotty Melvin, and he's got the, all the info about District 5. Uh, welcome back to the program, Scotty. Hey, Dave. Thanks for having me. How's everybody doing? Oh, I think everybody is ready for some football, and I can tell by the numbers I'm seeing uh, people listening to this program here. Uh, we'll just get right into it. What's going on, District 5? Man, District 5, Class 1A, that's, uh, you know, this might be one of our bigger um, – classes as far as our area goes and the number of teams that are in it from southeast iowa and i had to kind of regather information that i had forgotten from last fall because there's just so much to it and uh man this one is got the exact opposite problem as 1a district 6 i'm looking through the um the rosters and and the returning players and the key losses and all that stuff like we've been doing and i want to mention that um i'm not able to give a lot of information on the lines especially offensive line just because there's no stats that are recorded you know on varsity bound um you can look at the classes as far as you know this guy graduated this guy's coming back whatever so i i really want to shout out nathan there from fairfield uh on your your podcast earlier for giving us that info about the four teams he covers because you know that that can swing things in a good or bad direction depending on who's coming back Having said that, getting into 1A District 5, again, they have the opposite problem that District 6 has. They've got a ton of talent returning. They're not losing all the kids to graduation, uh, at least as far as skill position players, that District 6 is having to replace from, from all of their teams. This is another um, 16 class um, or district uh, led by Re- Iowa City Regina last year. They finished 9 and 1. I believe they got upset in the quarterfinals. Um, I think a lot of people had them pegged to go to the dome and they didn't make it. And, uh, that was kind of a shocker, but that's the way it goes sometimes. So getting right into it because of the fact that all these teams return so many great players, I'm going to pretty much place them exactly, almost exactly how they finished last year with my predictions and hope that I'm wrong because I've got uh, a real sweet spot for the Minneapolis Bulldogs and I'd like to see them jump up into uh, the top one or two spot in this district. But I think Iowa City Regina, due to the fact that they return all everything, Jack Tierney, their quarterback, and some other key players, I think they're going to be the, the, you know, the district leader once again this year. Uh, Jack, he had 937 pass yards last year. It's not a ton, nine touchdowns, but he was also, you know, he's a dual threat. He ran for almost 600 at uh, over seven yards per carry, had five touchdowns. He comes back. Uh, Levi Daniel, their leading rusher, he's back. And he was over a thousand yard rusher with 14 touchdowns. So that's a lot of production coming back for the Regals. We know they're another one of those programs that just reloads every year. And the fact that they don't have to replace uh, their two top players bodes very well for them. So in the number two spot, I got West Branch, the Bears. Our, our buddy Cole Cook from KCII, that's where he went to school. They've got quite a tradition and uh, quite a rivalry with Regina. I've got them in the two spot for the same reason. That's where they finished last year. They uh, finished with a 7-3 and three record. And they do lose uh, wide receiver Peyton Miller, senior. He um, had 19 receptions, three touchdowns. Uh, you know, modest numbers, but he was a key contributor to the team. But they returned senior quarterback Carver Falk who passed for a little over 900 yards and five touchdowns. 
senior running back Andy Henson, who seems to spearhead their rushing attack big time with a 1,320-yard season last year as a junior. Seven yards per carry, 16 touchdowns. This kid's a beast, and uh, he's going to probably lead them to great things once again as a senior. And then they've got a, a, another Belk kid, Kinnick Belk, great name. He had 40 tackles on the defensive side. So these guys have got some, some, good, some good pieces coming back, and I, I look for them to do very well once again, as they always do. Number three, I got the Mediapolis Bulldogs. Again, these are my sentimental favorites, man. I've seen a lot of, you know, you talked to their coach earlier, and uh, I've had some great times over the years watching Mediapolis football. Um, I followed them around when, when Jesse Ertz played there, and, and they have provided me with some of my favorite memories watching high school football over the years. And uh, they return a ton of talent as well. They're just in a very tough district. Um, but they've got coming back this year, uh, Northern Iowa recruit Anthony Isley. He's a great player, great running back, uh, plays linebacker for him too. He had 1,240 rush yards last year, almost nine yards per carry. He's a speedster. I think he's very strong and tough. I think he's got good size. He's a little slender, but, uh, you know, that's okay in high school football. They'll, they'll probably beef him up for college depending on what he's, what position he plays. He had 12 touchdowns and 43 tackles from his linebacker spot. Their main loss, before I get too far into who they return, is Caden Salick. And he was just, I, I put him down as an athlete because he did a little bit of everything. He was a, a you know, a, a key cog on offense and defense and special teams. So you can't say enough about a kid like him. It's a big loss, but they've got a lot returning. Uh, besides Anthony, they've got senior tight end linebacker Cole Lipper. And he gets a lot of attention uh, from colleges. I don't know if he's... Uh, uh, accepted an offer or anything yet. I've seen him getting some offers on Twitter and his, his you know, his stats aren't like crazy because they don't throw the ball a ton. He had 19 receptions for three touchdowns last year, but he's got that prototypical size you want tight end. He's, he's well over six feet. He's big and strong. He's a strapping young lad. He's going to have a big year. Uh, they've got another tight end linebacker, Trent Hicks, who had 50 tackles on defense last year. He seems to be, you know, quite a stud on the defensive side of things. Uh, junior Chet Moore coming back. He's an offensive lineman and a linebacker that recorded 55 tackles last year. And then the, the kid that I've been just watching a ton of film on these last oh, six months, and I've, I've told you about him, Drew Miller, the punter. Uh, he's the number one punter in several lists that I've seen for the 2024 class. He's only a junior this year, but he is so good with his leg, kicking field goals, kickoffs, and punting especially – I have no doubt that every Division One college in this country will offer him a scholarship. He can go anywhere he wants off of that leg. Well, and brings us down to uh, my prediction anyway, number four spot, the Durant Wildcats. They, they, they are a great team, and the record last year didn't show it. Uh, varsity Bound has them down as being two and seven, but they did make the playoffs, and I'm guessing that's uh, because of how they finished in the district. And we remember they they basically their seen their season was sandwiched around losses to Sigourney Kyoto. Uh, game one of the year, Sigourney Kyoto edged them on that uh, dramatic uh, field goal by Colton Clarahan, and then in the playoffs, Sigourney Kyoto really turned it on them, and uh, you know looked like they had, they had learned a lot from that first game, and and. Uh, <laughs> put it to them in the playoffs. But uh, I look for Durant with the returning players they have to just kill it this year. Um, they do lose their quarterback, Tyson McKinley, and their top wide receiver. But uh, Nolan DeLong returns. He's the, the 
immensely talented running back that we talked about a lot last year, even though they're not an area team. Uh, this kid rushed for just shy of 1,600 yards, seven yards of carry, 18 touchdowns, including a 92-yarder uh, at some point in the season. I'm not sure who that was against. He um, averaged 40 yards per punt, so this kid's got a leg, too. He's one of those all-around do-everything kids. I think he's a beast on defense as well, from what I've heard. Uh, you know, you talked to Coach Jensen the other day, and right off the bat, he's going to test our Cobras in week one. So uh, I look for him to lead that team back to the playoffs. That's my prediction. Um, they do have junior kid named Charlie Hoosman, who I think will probably slide into the quarterback spot. Don't have a bunch of stats on him. He's going to be good, though, and I, and I think they'll be okay there. Um, and then they had a kid on defense, Brady Minky, who recorded four interceptions last year. So he's uh, doing work in the defensive backfield. Then we move down to number five, and we got the Wilton Beavers. That's a, that's a program that's got a lot of history, uh, a lot of tradition. I just think that this is a season, my personal opinion, they finished five and three last year, did very well. I just think that the other teams that I've got ahead of them return a little too much for them to uh, overcome, and I think they're going to slide down to fifth this year. And they do return some talented players themselves, though. And one key player to keep an eye on for them, they have a, a kid, Caden Kirkman. He's a six-foot-eight senior tight end defensive end. He uh, did have 16 receptions last year and two sacks from his defensive end spot. He's got a lot of size at that level of high school football. If he's got any skill at all, which he probably does, um, he's probably going to you know, do some, some really great things for the Beavers this year uh, throughout the season. And then at the number six spot, I've got Loiza Muscatine. That's one of our Southeast Iowa schools we didn't really get to talk about last year because I, I want to say midway through the season, they had to they had to put the season on ice. They had to uh, forfeit their remaining games as they had too many injuries and not enough numbers to compete. Um, if you remember last fall, Dave, I did get to go watch them play at Loiza Muscatine, um, a JV matchup against Mediapolis. A friend of mine's son plays for Mediapolis on the JV, so we went over there to watch him play. And, and I will say that if if the Wise Muscatine is able to field a varsity squad this year, they do have some talent. I just don't think the numbers are there, and um, I, I've got to put them at the at the number six spot in the district because that's that's a lot to overcome. You didn't have a team last year, so you're back to the drawing board this year. If they put a, a varsity squad on the field, uh, pretty likely they're going to take a lot of games on the chin. So that's my prediction, man, in a nutshell, right there, 1A District 5. Well, I mean, a team like Wilton to just be the fifth best team, uh, this must be one of the best divisions or uh, districts in the whole state. It's deep, man. I mean, we you know, we just did the 1A District 6 thing, and that one's, you know, tough enough, but this one here is just absolutely loaded. And I think you could swap spots with any of these top five, um, depending on how things go this year. You know, I, I, I think Regina is the clear-cut leader, but you never know. Uh, West Branch, Mediapolis, Durant, and Wilton all could be vying for that two spot. Um, and, and, you know, I put them down the way I did because of what I think is going to happen. But like Nathan brought up earlier with, uh, you know, with uh, his uh, preview with you, that offensive line play can mean a lot. I, I honestly don't know what these teams have coming back as far as uh, that goes so we'll see what happens but it's a super deep district and it's it's uh pretty wide open really great team well i did get to talk to Minneapolis's coach and you know they just have a lot of talent you know they got a guy that's got a scholarship to you and i and they got another guy that's 
that Iowa State's looking at, and, you know, they got this punter and kicker, and uh, like you say, he's nationally ranked, and, yeah. you know, and they're bringing back a lot of players, and, uh, you know, the coach had me all super charged up about their team, but, uh, you know, it's uh, this is going to be a bloodbath. I think you're right, and, and going back, and I, you know, it kind of had to jog my memory looking at, uh, at at the uh, the teams here that are in this district, and I thought, wow, that Mediapolis JV team that I watched at Louisa Muscatine last year really blew me away. Those kids played hard. They have a lot of speed for a JV team. They had size. If I didn't know better, I would have thought I was watching small school varsity. You know, maybe kind of an undersized varsity game, but. Those kids were amazing, and Mediapolis is another one of our um, area teams. That's Coach Morrison's got a program. It's not just a, a high school that puts a football team on the field on Friday nights. And some years they're good, and some years they're not. This is a program that's established, and they do things right, and they're well coached, and they start them early and young. And you know, I, I feel like if they were in any other district, they would be my easy probably number one pick this year but this one that they play in is just stacked <laughs> it is stacked. well you mentioned a, a team that's put together you're, you're you've been putting it together well uh how long does it take you to research all these teams and 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 put this this uh, prediction uh out? you know it, it kind of depends on on um what district you know how many teams um and then you know, how many teams are in said district that, that I personally have seen maybe. So that, that gives me a little bit more insight. I don't have to spend as much time, but when I have to research virtually everybody, cause I didn't see them play last year or whatever. And I got to go through the numbers and all that. I spend, you know, a good hour to maybe two hours, depending on if I'm getting interrupted or anything, um, you know, in, in an evening, or I try to do it before work in the morning, get a start on it or whatever. But yeah, I put in one or two hours per, per district. So it's uh, on top of a job and, and gym time and family time, it's its a lot, but it, it's something I love to do. So I, I appreciate you letting me do it. Well, it's certainly a labor of love for you. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to have to step it up, Scott, if we can keep up with what we did in baseball to to really provide this kind of coverage. But I, there, there wouldn't be no, no way I could do this without you. Uh, you just have this unbelievable analysis and a, a detailed look into it. And, you know, I don't know how you could know all the players on 20 different high school teams at different levels, but you seem to know how to do it. You know, I appreciate the kind words, but I, you know, I would say that Twitter helps a lot. Your work doing uh, the interviews with the coaches helps a lot. Sometimes I hear those after I've already dug up my, my research, but we do have a lot of great tools at our fingertips now that you didn't have, you know, whatever, 20 years ago. Um, and I, you know, appreciate varsity bound. I appreciate the, our, our local radio stations and, and the guys from uh, Southeast Iowa union, you know, all these, all these pieces keep me informed and that helps me kind of put together my, uh, what I like to call my armchair quarterback uh, overview of things. Well, we, we just have great cooperation with the newspapers, the TV stations, the radio stations, everybody's jumping on board to give us, you know, and they're focusing and, and we get their intense knowledge of, of the teams that they play. Plus, you know, they see all these other teams too, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I, what's helped me a lot, you know, is I, you know, we started it with the football season last year and uh, I, I really didn't know any of them. 
you know, yet where you were already paying attention. So you, you, you'd have years of uh, knowing what's going on, but I've learned, you know, from the football to the basketball, to the baseball, even to the golf, I'm really starting to get to know and understand these athletes. And I think that's a, Hopefully that'll be reflected in our coverage this year too. Oh, I, I think uh, that it is, and I think the, the athletes appreciate it. You know, and I think the coaches appreciate it. They get a you know when they're able to come on and talk to you, they they can talk for a long time, and uh, fans appreciate it because you know it's a format with this podcast where you can just listen to it at your leisure, and and who doesn't want to hear about their community be talked about and and their kids and because they're the future and uh yeah it's sports but uh man everybody loves it well the (laughs) one thing thing that we can do that maybe the radio stations and the tv stations can't do is like you say it's the 30 minute the 30 minute interview you know it's not it's not a uh an hour program with five minutes of this team and six minutes of that team and eight minutes of that team which is you know you get a lot of information on that and i definitely like to listen to those coaches corner shows they help, yeah. help me learn what's going on and everything, but uh, uh, an in-depth look. We we offer a, a, an amazing in-depth look, uh, and uh, you you get a lot of you get a lot of information out of out of, out of uh, listening to the coaches too, don't you? Absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I'll just go back real quick to uh, Coach Jensen's interview that he did. The way he broke that down for you, what's happening with uh, the Cobra uh, team this year was just incredible. I had to listen to it like three times because I wanted to get every detail in my head so many things that those guys know that us guys that are just fans in the stands aren't going to know even if you live in the community or whatever i'm not the type of guy i'm watching the ball i'm a typical fan i i really don't know a lot about the line play and uh, so that those are the kinds of things i want to hear about and i appreciate again nathan bringing that up earlier uh with the interview he did with you so you know the, the skill players mean a lot but a season can swing on what you got on your offensive line, your defensive line. And uh, those coaches and and guys like Nathan, they they can give those insights. And and when you put all that together with what we're able to see and and, uh, dig up ourselves, it it makes for some pretty nice coverage, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of what we're doing. And I think we're making a difference and I think we're reaching out there and, uh, what, what makes me and, and you both passionate about it, I think, it, it's the, the fact that Southeast Iowa doesn't really get the coverage or get any respect, you know. And uh, I think the I think we're helping with, with getting the coverage and helping get these kids some notice and maybe even getting some of them some scholarships or something. Yeah, and again, maybe, you know, not every kid that's playing a high school sport or playing all the high school sports wants to go beyond that. You know, there's many other things to do in life once you hit adulthood. But uh, if they do, and if we can get their name out there a little bit more, give them, give them the round guy radio uh, boost, you know, or bump. Um, man, I'm all for that. Well, we, we've been talking to Scotty Melvin, and he's been breaking down District 5 1A. Uh, you did a great job, Scott. I really appreciate you. I really enjoyed talking to you tonight. Thank you very much. At any time, I uh, I get I think I get more excited every time I dig into one of these districts. So uh, it's just going to build until we hit that week zero road trip, man. I can't wait for that. Well, I know that football is your big sport, and I know you're you're chomping at the bit, super excited for this season. And I know we're going to get your all, and and you sure gave us our all uh, here on this episode. So thanks for being with us, Scott. Thanks for having me, guys.
This is uh, Mr. Southeast Iowa, Dave Johnson, giving you with Round Guy Radio with the news you can use that won't give you the blues. Uh, thanks for listening and, and uh, stick with us this season. We're going to get you some excellent coverage.